and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 189, where today we will be looking at a session and rules of engagement. I'm Chris, and joining me as always are... Ames. Caitlin. weirdly punchy because this is the first time we have recorded on not a weekend afternoon in oh that's true it's evening i had a rough day at work good god no like even even before the pandemic we were like we'd pretty much settled into a routine of sunday afternoons like this is our first nighttime weeknight recording in the longest time you're listening to star to steer her by after dark yeah (laughs) it's it's the gloaming Yes. These are very unsexy yes. episodes, though. I mean, if we just have Jake talk like that the whole time, though, we'll definitely... We'll make it sexy. ...turn on some of our viewers, listeners, whatever. Readers. Sure. Yeah, if they were viewers, they wouldn't be turned on. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Uh, uh, Jake, you're very handsome. Yeah, Accurate. it's like... It's like the... the, the um, you know, when you find out what, what your radio DJ people actually look like, and you're like, mm. what? Oh, my God. Got a real face for radio, buddy. <laughs> it's it's kind of true, though, isn't it? They all look like Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Ugh. Young Kelsey Grammer? Or, like, I don't know that it matters. Either way, it's not good, good but, like, yeah, which, no good which Kelsey Grammer actually mean? Slightly like, cheers Kelsey Grammer? Older no, Kelsey Grammer. Fraser Kelsey Grammer. I would say older because Kelsey Grammer. Older Kelsey Grammer is better because he no longer has the mullet. Oh, yeah. He's got mm. that curly mullet yeah, but, thing going on. You know, yeah. those right wing views aren't terribly attractive. So That's true. But true. I think, I mean, honestly, I mean, he's not on Twitter as far as I know, so I don't know. But, like, I think he's just a normal conservative, not like a James Woods psychopath conservative. Or so. broccoli. It's a yeah. shame that, that yeah. our political discourse has reached this point where, yeah. like, you know, it's like the, looking, the assumed position of a conservative is the crazy one. Speaking yeah. of crazy political discourse, tell us about <gasps> a session, Chris. What really a segue! Well I found the segue. First up in a session, Ben Cisco is doing emissary stuff. When we're reminded that he is, he doesn't like it. Like he's like, I'm kind of uncomfortable with it, but he doesn't like it. And then kaboom! The wormhole opens, and a light ship you know, tumbles out, and they're all like, oh noes, it looks damaged, and someone inside is probably hurt. Get him to sick bay, And they get him to sick bay, And it turns out he's a long-lost, like, 200 years lost, famed Bajoran poet. And he's all like, I'm the emissary! And Sisko's like, wait, 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 what? And, like, 
Cisco starts doing his homework. He's like, oh, wow, he, he found the wormhole before I did, and he talked to the prophets, and they gave him his life back, and I'm off the fucking hook! And he's like, hooray! And the other guy is like, so, like, you're totally okay with me being, yes, yes, please, here you go, here's the hat and the calendar, and oh, boy. But then, whoopsie, it turns out that before the Cardassians came along, the Bajorans, because their culture sucks, had a horrible, horrible, strict caste system. And this guy's all like, you know how we're gonna make Bajor forget the scars of the past? Make Bajor great again. We're gonna bring back the pastier past. <laughs> and because Bajorans are fucking sheep, they all, well, I mean, pretty much all just start going along with it. Kira's all, oh, can't find a seat in a row of the replimat. I guess I'll take my coffee to go. And then some woman is like, oh, oh no, no, I'm from the shit eater cast and you're a sculptor. And Kira's like, well, this makes me uncomfortable, but I'm still taking your chair, bitch. What the fuck's of sculptors in where they're higher than folks? Uh, well, I mean, they have talked a lot about the fact that Bajorans valued art and stuff, so yeah, I guess also, they would have I mean, been you're high not, up. You're not shoveling shit in the poop mines, you know? Yeah. And Cisco's all like, uh, you guys know the Federation is not down with caste systems, right? And they're all like, yeah, neither I nor Kai, Kai Win care. And he's like, huh. And then, you know, Starfleet's all, damn it, Ben, we told you to stop being a religious figure, but also we wanted them to stay in the Federation, so we're mad at you for doing both things we wanted, but not at once. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then he has a dream where Kyo Pak is all like, God damn it, Ben, you're fucking up. And he's like, ah. So he's like, okay, you know what? This is getting silly. And then Vedek Porta, who's this like little priest dude, straight up kills a guy. Because the guy is like, I'm a priest. And he's like, no, no, you're from the shit shoveler cast. Uh, actually, and the poop no, he, mines. <laughs> the, yes, the poop smith from the Homestar <laughs> Runner. And he was actually, I think, a uh, his cast was... Um, What's oh, the like they, they, they washed the dead or something, right? Yeah, they had morticians, it sounded like. Oh, yeah. Anywho, so the priest kills him, and Ben is all like, what? No, arrest this man. And Oda's like, fuck yeah. So then Ben is like, you know what? I want to lay claim to my title again. And new emissary poet man is like, uh, what? The people of Bajor will gladly go with me. And he's like, I'm not talking about the people of Bajor. And then I was really hoping Ben was going to challenge him to an arm wrestle. Darts. But... Or that. But instead, they go to the wormhole. And he's all like, I found you first, and this and that. And we're all reminded, as I called. He did. That Ugh. the wormhole first? aliens stroke profits. Yeah. They Later? don't perceive time linearly. Ah. So they have no concept of first. And he's like, uh. And they're all basically like, we saved you just because we could. Who the fuck are you? Do you want? We'll kill yeah, you. Who you, are want you? Kill? We'll straight up kill you. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, if you want, we can undo that. And Ben's like, just send him home. He's an idiot. Uh, and he gets sent home without any memory of what happened, but with an altered timeline, except they know it was altered because Kira yeah, remembers a poem clear. being unfinished, but then it was finished. And Ben's, Ben's the uh, emissary again and is a little less grumpy about it. And in a B plot, oh, uh, no. Keiko's home and Miles assumes she's going to like, Stop hanging with your friend to the point that he just stops hanging with his friend without even asking. And she's like, hang with your friend, you idiot. <laughs> she's like, ay, 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 get out of my house. Yeah, like, just, what? No, hang with your friend. What am I, the horrible shrew they wrote in TNG? No. The end. Uh, there's, there's more, there's more, to, more to it than that, though. There's news. 
news. Oh, oh yeah. right. There's is a new Babby on the way. A new O'Brien. Who's the father oh, this time, do we think? Still warped. Did you see how nervous he looked when they told him? <laughs> that I, They're like, hey, did you hear the O'Briens are having another baby? What? No. <laughs> I did enjoy I the callback. I had nothing to, to do with it. <laughs> but I, 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 I just imagine warped. that Miles has a like a big like digital clock somewhere that just... Not what I thought count, you were going to say. ...is a countdown <laughs> from 18 years, and he just had to go in there and reset it, and he's... Motherfucker. Basically. There have been 12,932 days without a pregnancy. Son of a bitch, zero. God damn it. But yeah, I did. That scene, like, I don't know. It could have been goofy, but it was just kind of funny. You know, Worf's genuine panic. Like, oh God, what if I'm around again when this woman gets I will birth? be out of the sector. Visiting my parents. Yeah, from what I can gather. From what I can gather, the, the whole impetus to add this side plot to have Keiko be pregnant was to make a wharf joke. But the thing is, yeah, you look, good job, you made your joke, but now you're going to be stuck with another stupid baby. So Rosalind Chow wasn't actually pregnant no. or anything? Oh, Jesus. No, I mean, but, I, but don't, we'll, don't, we'll see. Don't, yeah, don't, don't yeah, spoil we'll it. We'll see later. Yeah, there, there's it, some, some, some stuff. Yeah, it works out. But, wow, I always just assumed, okay, wow, that is dumb. Um... I mean, in the real world, it's dumb. In the show, it's funny. Uh, yeah, it can be both. It can be dumb. two things. Yeah, this episode had a major problem. I thought. What's that? Okay, and that is that the ship that Lon is on is looks pretty much identical to the ship Cisco built. It was the same ship because it was it was only a computer design, so they just tweaked it. Hmm. Yeah. Which seems really freaking lazy because we're told that he only vanished like two hundred years ago. Yeah, but the but the light sail ship is supposed to be really fucking ancient. You know that like they weren't even sure if it was space worthy, and you know we think you know many eons ago some Bajorans might have used a ship like this to travel to Cardassia. Well, I think you could maybe read it almost like any sort of Da Vinci thing that he couldn't make in his time, but then we have it now. Here's sort my of theory. Where... I have a theory. Yes. Stupid Bajorans from the ancient times who made these stupid fucking ships, they're pretty, but they're stupid. Mm. Um, and, and there's no way they could have survived in them. They ended up in the wormhole because they're idiots died in the wormhole so the wormhole aliens just had this ship and then randomly one day they just had this this a uh, poet aquarium hanging out and they're like yeah hey, let's just cram the two together because we don't understand things and shoot it out the wormhole to go play with cisco there we go yeah because they specifically said that he was for the cisco why to remind yeah, to him, give him a, to give him a challenge why are the, wait why are the wormhole aliens challenging the Cisco they, when they don't seem to understand what's going on so, basically ever? So here's well, I the think thing: it was because the Cisco needed needed a boost, he needed to be reminded why it was important that he was the emissary. I also think this episode does represent a major tonal shift from the wormhole aliens, because they, while still kind of aloof, are suddenly all. We are of Bajor. You are of Bajor. And they're like, giving him a kick in the tuchus. It's like, are you less aloof than you've been pretending to be? It makes no sense, though. Like, they don't... It, it I is don't a drastic see... character shift. It's a little weird. 
Yeah, well, it's. It, I don't even see it as a character shift. I see it as something that doesn't make actual sense for the characters that they are, which are beings that don't experience time. Yeah. Like, well, like you said, they didn't understand that, that a quorum came before Cisco, and yet they're spitting things out at the right time to go talk with Cisco. And are, are they following Cisco's life? And if, they're, if they are, that means they'd have to be doing it chronologically, which isn't a thing they do. I don't know if they, I mean, they, I think they understand that the Cisco is linear. Yeah. Right? They, they know what that, they know what linear is. And they understand that he is linear. And they have, and they have a purpose for him and they know what's going to happen. So they're just setting the stage, I would say, for the events that they know are happening. But it is weird just because up until this point, you know, if we think back to the first episode, it feels like, yeah, they know what Linear is now because he explained it to them. Like, the impression I've been under of the of the prophets, wormhole aliens, whatever, up till this point is largely that they were being accidentally worshipped and really didn't care much what happened outside their funny little tube. But this seems to represent the fact that maybe they actually do? And now, again, maybe this is a function of the fact that they aren't linear. And we're seeing them at different points. So at some point they didn't care, but now they do, or maybe they always do. It's, yeah, oh, God, no, I've gone cross-eyed. I don't like it. I, I think they do care, right? They care enough. To, they cared enough to send the orbs, right? I don't, I don't know like, if they, they did. And periodically communicate with Bajorans. So those weren't an accident, then. I I assume I I think they're just something that they sent out, you mm. know. And the Bajor, you know, the Bajorans found them, and then the that was like a, it was like, you know, it's like they dropped a burner phone <laughs> on uh, on Bajor. I. Really enjoy that metaphor, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the I think that the the thing about the prophets is trying to understand what's going on there yeah. is is a fool's it's, errand. It's three yeah. chess in space, yeah, but backwards and blindfolded, yeah, and uh, and on fire, and that's and that's <laughs> like. And we'll have to see how this progresses, where things go. And I think it'll sort of vary from viewer to viewer and show to, like, because that can be a really easy and kind of lazy get out of jail free card where you're, like, writing an unknowable being. But, like, if they can make it sort of come together in a satisfying enough way, then it can work. And again, I think that just remains to be seen. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing about the unknowable things. Yeah. Is... If you can make it so that you don't think about it and you just understand that it's something that I can't understand, aces, good job. If you accidentally start thinking about it or if it's written in such a way that there's a that there's like a, a hole that you like a wormhole, fuck you, in which you you start trying to parse what it actually means. Yeah. Then it's broken. It doesn't work. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that because, uh, you know, I've, in a different vein, like I've seen things before where it's like, you know, you're in this world, you're not really supposed to worry about how it wound up that way. The point is just this is the world. But the thing itself, I was just like, I don't care. And now I'm thinking about this world too much and it actually makes no sense. And no, what? No. This is also only the second time Cisco's gone in, gone and visited the, the wormhole aliens. Because there was... Yes. Emissary. Yep. 
and then there's this time. And for yeah. all we know, no one knows about the the Ferengi incident because I'm sure Quark can keep a fucking secret. That's and he's true. Beaten Rom over the head, so Rom has forgotten it entirely. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Quark should argue that that you know because Cisco gave up the emissary title and the current emissary is now been transported back in time that he is the next viable candidate for the emissary position. Nice. I think he would want to be emissary even less than Cisco. I don't know if he could find a way to make money off of it. Like mm. he would charge for those blessings. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wrote down, like one of my first notes was, wow, they've turned Cisco into a tourist attraction. <laughs> That's he's got a job. He's a very important man on the station. You he can't just be going and giving people blessings all day. Quark would make an excellent Renaissance era pope. Yeah, indulgences. You know, just making money and fucking constantly. That's what they did. I don't it was at the Borgias and who were the other who was the other big family? Oh. Oh, the other I've heard one. Pope Leo burn through some money pretty good. Good for him. But they were like two very prominent families that were basically always trying to get their kid to be the next pope. And it was like the Borzas and the something Italian. I don't remember. Mm. Liz, wow, you'll, you'll remember. Put it in the comments. <laughs> I played Assassin's Creed too, but I can't remember. Uh, related but not related, I, uh, I looked up our man Kelsey Grammer, and he mostly seems <laughs> to just so be like... He, most, he seems to mostly just be like... Check out my new show on Fox where I play Leslie Gore or something. No, wait, that's the the last name is Gore. I can't remember the first name. Leslie Gore is the woman who's saying it's my party. Anyway, Kelsey Grammer does not seem to be like sharing weird conspiracy theory posts or like repping Donald Trump really hard or anything like oh, that. Good. So, but he does look a lot like my grandfather. So mm. him being conservative, maybe it makes sense. He at least has the good sense to let his publicist run his Twitter, if nothing yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, listen, don't tweet controversial bullshit. Or yeah. don't no still hate work and we show. like it that way. <laughs> don't talk in the comment section, you'll regret it and lose your job. Yes. Speaking of regrets, Bajor sucks. It does suck. This whole cast system is bullshit. Jesus, every time you think you've heard the shittiest thing about Bajor, something new comes up. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine you know, a world where, you know, your your success in life is determined more by, you know, how you're, you know, to whom you're born and, you know, how you're brought up and... Practically unimaginable. It's it, I, I cannot imagine it. Definitely not applicable to modern yeah. times. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, obviously there's always... I mean, any society in the modern world has an unspoken caste system usually, but it, uh, one that level of explicit yeah, is just... Yeah. And yes, there are real world examples of that as well. But still, it's just like, it's like, of course, Bajor, Bajor can't just have like, you know, a lack of upward mobility. They've got to have it like in code that guy X is totally allowed to kill guy Y because he's a prick. I mean, because he's of a higher caste. Yeah, well, so what's really. What's shocking to me is just like people went along with it. Like, because Bajorians instantly. are idiots. No yeah. one questioned it. They're They've like, seen, even you've, Kira. You've seen the old man yells at Cloud episode. The Bajorans yeah. are income poops. They have, a, like, <laughs> there's no... I always forget that that's on Bajor. Yeah. Like, every time you remind <laughs> me that it's on Bajor, I'm like, oh, yeah. What the fuck? An absolutely terrible culture. You know, they were like, on the one hand, artists and poets, and on the other hand, they were constantly killing each other, and also they had this rigid, shitty caste system. Like... Here's my I, question. Uh, 
here's my question. So, Ekorum comes out and says, I'm your emissary. Where in the caste system does emissary fall? Is it above poet? And if it's above poet, kill him! <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I think... <laughs> oh my god, the look on Aim's face. That was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't you think look emissary like you actually is a did job. just kill him, personally. I wanted to kill him. He was such a jerk. I think being, I think being chosen by God might be the only thing that overrides Tajara. Mm. I, so... When this episode started up and like they introduced him, he's like, oh, yes, the casts. I was like, oh, I kind of remember this one. I think he reinstates the cast system, but I couldn't remember anything beyond that. So what I was really hoping for was a really uncomfortable union of enemies. Oh, that'd like, be interesting. I was going to hope that Kai Wynn was going to show up and be all like. The motherfucker says I can't be Kai because I'm the wrong cast. You have to stop him. And Cisco would have to be like. <laughs> I hate your guts, but I hate this cast bullshit more. I guess we're friends for an episode. Aw, I would like that. I was shocked she didn't show up because for most of the time that this episode was happening, I was like convinced that Kai Wynn had like set this up somehow. I don't know how, but her evil knows no bounds. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really loved Kira's reaction when he comes out and says, I'm reinstating the cast system. Yeah. And her face like falls. Yeah. And, she, and you can see in her eyes like, oh no. This is bad, but if I don't clap, <laughs> they're going to make me something worse. <laughs> I mean, to their credit, there were some guys, in the, some Bajorans in the audience, there were two guys who just looked at each other like, uh, you hear this motherfucker? Well, you know, like, those are the guys from the shit mines. Probably. <laughs> and, like, all the people that were very enthusiastically clapping are like, finally, I'm getting out of the shit mines. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like it's, it, oh God, they just, it's enough of them went along with it. It's what, what a broken people. I have a question. Yeah. If the Vedics throw all of the like morticians off of balconies, who's going to embalm the morticians? Well, it, it's not, it was just because the guy refused to resign yeah. from being a priest that the guy yeah, did you it. You can't be a priest and a mortician. I don't see why not. They both deal in death. Well, in this feels in like the, they would actually system. be a really good match. Yeah. Honestly. Well, they're, they're a, yin, a yin and yang sort of deal, right? I suppose so. Yeah, but the they're both... The priest deals with life, the mortician deals with death. The priest deals with eternal life, the mortician deals with death. Eternal death. Eternal death. That's my Metallica cover band. <laughs> nice. I like that. Thank you. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It, was a squicky, it was a squicky thing to watch, especially, yeah. you know, like they said they had this caste system right before the occupation. Which yeah, was like, established was what fifty years ago or so. Yep. So well, I can well, like, I can see it being fairly easy for them to like want to fall back into this caste system. You know, but you what's you know if if someone came out some in the in the U.S. government and said, you know what, segregation is okay and Jim Crow is fine. If someone came out and said that. And we're and made it law and said, okay, you can do segregation again. I, the last six months have shown me that a fairly sizable chunk of this country would be very excited about that. And Diamond and Silk would do like twenty videos about how right it is. What's it, Diamond it and Silk? It would be like they're like they're two uh, two two black women who are very big Trump fans. Oh, Ugh. interesting. Yeah. How does that happen? Terrible. Mm. Um, I mean, people can like whatever politician they want, but 
Maybe they're from Bajor and they're just dumb. But like the thing is, you know, you're right. I, 50 years isn't a long time to not have a system of oppression. Yeah. Well, no, the occupation, the occupation was 50 years. But when did when did Cardassian rule actually end? Uh, very only, only shortly recently. before the start right of the before, series. Yeah, oh, okay, right so we're series. talking like it was fifty-five years ago. Okay, Something never mind. Like that, I yeah, yeah no, but I mean that—that's of course my time. That's the difference, though, is that like we're, you know, like we ended some of this stuff through legislation and a lot of you know slow societal change and protesting and this that and the other thing. Whereas the Bajorans basically had their entire culture just shattered and told they can't have it for fifty years. So, like, on the one hand, you know, we've got a lot of people alive right now who grew up under those systems. Whereas, like, yeah, there are still old Bajorans who maybe kind of remember it, but, like, a lot of them, and especially, like, a lot of the younger ones who are in government now and stuff like that, they were born into the Shattered Bajor. It was a thing they've heard of but never experienced firsthand. And it sounds like is maybe one of the few things they're pretty content to leave in the past as they try to rebuild their society. Mm. You know what's crazy? Bajor. That means that, yeah, but this basically means that Goldicott being like, we made you what you are is kind of true. And I hate it. Oh, God, mm. you're right. Yeah, there were there were a bunch of talking points about how, you know, if you want to go back to your caste system, then you can't be in the Federation. And there's plenty of other reasons why they shouldn't be in the Federation, as we've said many, many times before. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was a weird thing for that to keep coming back up and to, and to say like, oh, yeah, this is the reason why we wouldn't let you in. And it's a reason why they wouldn't have let them in before the occupation, because they would have had this yeah. caste system. Yeah. I mean, is that a is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I don't want them in the Federation either, so Yeah, That's but I mean, bad. is that a good reason to not want them? Oh I, I think it is. Yeah, no. Yeah. Gas gas systems suck. Because, I mean, we were okay. Some of us were okay with Worf killing his brother. Some could you mean me? Like... I was totally down with it. Well, no, I I'm I'm bringing up that, you know, a couple weeks ago when we talked about that. You know, Ames had said that, you know, Benjamin was not respectful of Worf's culture, of Klingon culture. Mm -hmm. So is by not is by not letting Bajor into the Federation over this disrespecting their culture? I, I don't know what you're trying to say, so I'm going to say some random shit. I think there's a big difference in the Klingons, in the Klingon culture, because their cultural element of, yes, you can kill your brother if you want, if he wants you to, has been steady. This is a cultural element that went away, and a bad cultural element that went away, and now they're like voluntarily bringing it back. Also, I think a big difference is the Klingons aren't asking to join the. I, I think if they asked to join the Federation, the Federation would go. Oh, that's true. Uh, like the Federation has proven, they will ally with terrible people. But they won't let you in their special magic club until you get rid of a couple of things first. Something tells me the Vulcans probably have a caste system. In fact, I'm pretty sure we've seen the Vulcan caste system. Yeah, but they started the club, didn't they? That's true. They, they were <laughs> grandfathered in. They're yeah. like, you know, hey, apparently that's a racist phrase. Do you know that? Grandfathered in? 
Explain. I don't. I don't remember. Ex- oh, I mean, hold on. Give me three and a half seconds. It has something to do with slavery. Yeah, like if your grandfather, oh, like if your grandfather was, was a slave, was a freedman, something. Yeah, you could be a freedman or something. The problem is, I don't actually know what the like not shitty version of that is because it doesn't exist. Yeah. A grandfather clause is a provision in which an old rule continues to apply. Yeah, we know that. That's not helpful. The, ra- a- the racial history of the grandfather clause. Uh, the term grandfather has become part of the language. It's an easy way to describe individuals or companies who get to keep operating under an existing set of expectations with new rules are put into place. But like so so many things, the term grandfather used in this way has its roots in America's racial history. It entered the lexicon not just because it suggests something old, but because of a specific set of 19th century laws regulating voting. The 15th Amendment, which prohibited racial discrimination in voting, was ratified by the states in 1870. If you know your history, you'll realize that African Americans were nevertheless kept from voting in large numbers in southern states for nearly a century more. Various states created requirements, literacy tests, poll taxes, etc., that were designed to keep blacks from registering to vote. A half dozen states passed laws that made men eligible to vote if they had been able to vote before African Americans were given the franchise, gen- uh, generally 1867, or if they were the lineal descendants of voters back then. This was called the Grandfather Clause. Most such laws were enacted in the early 1890s. It was a means of enfranchising whites who might have been excluded by things like literacy clauses. It was politically necessary because otherwise you'd have too much opposition from poor whites who would have been disenfranchised. Because of the 15th Amendment, you can't pass laws saying blacks can't vote, which is what they want to do, etc., etc., yeah. and on and on. Thank you, NPR.org. Yes. Well, so, so basically, it was in order to make it so that they didn't have... So they, they implemented poll taxes and literacy tests. So in order to make it so that that wouldn't affect white people, they said, well, if you could vote, if you were eligible to vote before we instituted these... yeah these laws then you're still eligible to vote yeah which That's is what it sounds bullshit like because yeah, yeah shitty you know, some majorities weren't do. eligible to vote yeah what were we just talking about caste systems actually interestingly one of the n- never used phase two scripts and like one that was you know some of them got recycled in tng but this one was just never used would have actually established that uh klingons had a very rigid caste system um, like there've been hints to that sort of, you know, we talked, there was artisans and lawyers, like there's like definitely classes and sort of families, but like, I guess it was going to be much, much more explicit. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, yeah, I we also the Klingons are more like a feudal society, right? Yeah. This was still, yeah. Like TOS was yeah. still all we knew about Klingons. Yeah. And we mm. had like three good Klingon episodes to learn anything about them. Yeah. They Maybe still three weren't and lumpy. A half. Yeah. But yeah, no, so, I... Go ahead. I was I was gonna say with um, so, I mean one of the problems with this you know re-implementing the jaras is that presumably in olden times in if you were born into a particular jara if you were a kira you would be trained from an early age to do right. the task that your jara was assigned. However, now that's been done away with, hmm. and now you're just saying okay. You're an artist. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, who's the guy that's in the doctor class? Oh, like, no. all right, you're a surgeon now. Oh, Good luck. God. <laughs> yeah. And I love that Kira's like, I'm going to move to the capital. I'm going to join, like, an artist commune. My friend's going to 
apprentice me. I Eventually can't... I'll make a better bird. I can't wait till the Roddenberry.com store makes a replica of her bird with a straw through its head and sells it for $1,200. <laughs> hey, I can nice. do that. To Etsy I go. Mm. That was a fun scene at the end. It's what, what, a Kira and Arise. Yeah, it? she's like, it's a, it's a Kira and Arise original. An original. It'll be worth something someday. And Cisco's reply, which we had to listen to twice because we couldn't understand him, was, "I heard she didn't make many or something like that." Uh, and I, I thought it was really funny. I do love that she apparently just sat there making penguins all day. <laughs> listen, you make what you know, I guess. So does Bajor have penguins, or does she hear about them and think they were adorable? Both. There's probably a Bajoran equivalent to a penguin. It looks just like ours, but it's got a ridged beak. It tastes That's right. really good. Mm. Oh, did you notice that Molly's uh, dolly had a, was a Bajoran yes. dolly? Yeah. I oh, nice. I didn't notice yep, that. It had a little ridged yeah. nose. Hmm. I thought it was uh, really smart to break the news via child. Mm. No, because I, I feel like otherwise Miles would have been like Jesus, <laughs> flush it out. Yeah, really, <laughs> we're gonna go to Julian. Julian right and now. I have become really good friends. Let's go visit him. Oh, get you out oh, of trouble. Man. No, like R- Miles is like, all right, get my transporter skills out of uh, out of mothballs. Oh, oh no. God, <laughs> got dark. It did good. Uh, I liked that. I liked the B plot, even though it was stupid. Like, I liked that, you know, the boys were missing each other and finally Keiko, like, my heart grew three sizes that day when Keiko was like, hi, Julian, Miles has been really depressed. Maybe you guys could hang out. I was just like, ah, Keiko, you're not so bad. Yeah, no, it was a good reset. Because again, I think the main issue was just that she was written so badly in TNG that I think it was, you know, and they started to course correct Oh, gosh. What was it? In the, like, Loaxana makes everyone horny episode? Oh, God, no. That was gross. Yeah, but we did discuss the fact that, like, uh, like there were, Miles was just being shitty on his own and making a lot of weird assumptions. And I think that's where they started. Like, that episode was terrible, by and large. But that was where they started to try to kind of, like, tear Keiko out of the awful hole the TNG writers had stuck her in so hard. Mm. Uh, where, again, it's like, like I said, it was sort of, you know, Miles was playing the role of a of a browbeaten sitcom husband when that was not at all what she was asking of yeah, him. Yeah, he's kind of an idiot. Yeah. Like, like, she comes home and he's like, okay, I have to be home for you all the time, even though you're working and my daughter hates me. <laughs> um, but I can't go to Julian's because you're back. And she, and it's just like, no one ever told you that was going to be the rule. No, no one ever O'Brien, asked O'Brien, you schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> I just um, want to know, like, why you didn't just have Julian over? I mean, I know, like, it's not the same, but certainly... You I know, mean, like, she is legitimately trying to work. Like, go see him somewhere that's else. That's true, that's true. Uh, also, like you don't want to... like, a, like they, they infantilize Miles mm. and Julian a lot in this episode. Yeah. I actually read that Cole Meany wasn't very pleased with how... They had to make it kind of stereotypical, like, oh, while while the wife's been away, his room got all messy because he yeah. can't clean up after himself. And Cole Meany wasn't a big fan of that. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of dumb. Well, yeah, I mean, the man's a fucking engineer. Like, I don't Forget know. Forget that. The man has access to transporters. Yeah, yeah <laughs> leave it into space. Seriously. It bumps into, you find, like, a bat left wrapped in, like, Cole Meany's... Uh, most recent technical journals. 
That's actually what he's been doing. He just took that unused cargo bay he was going to turn into an arboretum and just beams all of his trash there. Like, one day they're going to open it and it's just fucking soda cans and fucking dart boards and she just come flying out. My nice. Empty microwave dinners. Broken kayaks. You know, this subplot, well, I didn't mind it. It really was like on Everybody Loves Raymond yeah. or something, you know, like, like, oh, I'm the, I'm the doofy husband. Oh, the wife is more competent than me. Oh, yes. geez, the child is doesn't respect me. Molly's not as good as do- at darts oh, as Julian boy. is. Ma! <laughs> that's that's me doing that's, your, uh, that's, that's your, my uh, Ray, Ray Romano, Romano <laughs> sounds just like him I mean can't throw stones I can't do Picard you can't do Arnold Schwarzenegger oh no I was just trying to make fun of what Ray Romano sounds like oh not Jake he does he does pretty much he's like he's like a, a muppet he's got a muppet <laughs> mouth wow Fuck, well, if Ray Romano was listening to this podcast, he just dropped <laughs> He's off. He's no longer a subscriber. <laughs> yeah. Look, if Ray Romano doesn't know he has been compared to Kermit the Frog in the past, then he has had his head in a fucking hole for a decade. Well, now he's double gone. <laughs> Probably for the best. Look, I always preferred the guy that played his brother anyway. Uh, Brad Garrett? Garrett, thank you. I had completely forgotten his name. So we decide uh, to change the timeline by sending uh, a quorum back in time. Yep. And oh, then they yeah. they go at, like a temporal mechanics dude. No, what you, do you realize what you could be doing by sending this man back when he was supposed to have died? Well, what but the, if the they're fuck? sending him back, maybe he was always supposed to go back. No, because because Kira had a book of his poems, and there was a poem that w- finished only halfway through, and then after he had gone back, the poem now had another page to it or some shit. Yeah, hmm. but that's just because the additional page was DLC that she hadn't paid for yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually EA is now a publisher of Bajoran literature. It actually works too because EA stands for Electronic Arts, right? Yeah, poetry's yeah. an art. I'm into it. Mm. <laughs> when um, when Kira was like, "Children know your work by heart," all I could think was, "No, don't let the children recite the poetry." They half know it begrudgingly because they had to learn it in third grade. And now they resent it because they yeah, were just... Yeah, that's a good point. They were taught it by rote when they were too young to actually analyze literature. And by the time they were old enough to, they resented it too much to go back. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that, like, this guy went back in time and, like, you know, because clearly he kind of went away at the peak of his career, it sounds like. He didn't finish, like, his greatest poem yeah. was unfinished. So now he's going to have gone back in time and continued to do, you know, to publish. And it's going to totally destroy his legacy yeah. as people realize that he's a fucking twit. Oh, absolutely. The second half of the poem, it's now his, like, worst known poem. Yeah. And, like you said, or he even just, if like he'll have just faded into elementary school mediocrity well that's what i mean like even if that one actually was still really good it's kind of like how you know you look at certain like artists and musicians and actors and they're like you know you see they died in their primes like all you can do is imagine what they would have done and it's like look at most other yeah people from that class as they get older actors turn into parodies of themselves or musicians they... get shitty well or they become michael Caine and just do whatever for the money well, he always did that, so that's fine. Oh. But 
you know, it's like sometimes you're just like, man, ah, maybe you should have stopped earlier. Mm. Yeah. You know who, who was supposed to play a quorum, but his he wasn't available. Brent David. Spiner. Oh, I guess um, that would have worked. Uh, the David guy Warner. that played the blind man in Young Frankenstein. No, who who was it actually? Uh, David Warner. Oh, I think he's. I thought you said okay. So I heard you say David. Then I I only heard the last er. So I thought you said David Schwimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! Oh my god! Oh no! We have to redo episode. this episode. I feel like David Schwimmer would have been like a fetus. Actually, no. I no, guess this, this was, was like friends in, during was, Friends was on TV yeah. at the time. That's I can't true. hear David Schwimmer without thinking Larry David Schwimmer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to your point, that was Gene Hackman. Oh, thank you. Gene Hackman is my final answer. I, I don't think the he, answer was uh... David Warner, Caitlin. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have eliminated th- three of the four options. The only remaining option is David Warner. Dean Cage. Are you sure you want to say <laughs> Gene Hackman? <laughs> uh, no deal, Regis. <laughs> Uh, I actually just, I was watching, oh shit, I'm sorry, Ames. It's not me this time! <laughs> it is me! I've what? been watching a rerun, I've been wa- doing a rewatch of the animated series of Batman, and David Chris Warner is in this. it. <clears throat> Chris, don't cut this. But, what it made me think about was, I was one, I was, because I watched the show, I was thinking, how many other people have spread across so many Star Treks? Because he's technically, I mean, the movie is a TOS movie, right? So we've got a TOS, a TOS movie. We've got him in uh, two TNG. TOS movies. Hmm. Two TOS movies? He's in five and six. Yeah, That's right. Six. Two See, TOS my, movies. See, my question TNG and Deep Space Nine. Does anyone have Clint Howard beat? I don't think so. I don't think so, because he was in Discovery. Yeah, because Red Foreman was in Star Trek Six. He w- have we seen he shows up as a Cardassian at some point and he's in Voyager so he's also in three. Oh, what about um Brunt oh yeah because he's in like Voyager or something right like, or he wasn't Enterprise? in any uh he wasn't in any uh TNG episode. no that's true Frakes yeah, no. though Frakes Frakes yeah. has been in TNG Deep Space DS9 Nine. Voyager Enterprise and Picard, Picard. Oh, in Voyager yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, there's an episode where he's in Voyager. I'm I guess so sorry, I was Chris. thinking more just like non non main non- people mm. people, but no, that's still cool. Yeah, as far as non mains go, I think Clint Howard probably has been in more than anyone. Because how many? What about Shatner? Was he just in TOS and TNG? Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, if you're counting generations, yeah. Jake doesn't want to count generations. It's like he's on TNG. Oh wait, he's in that terrible fucking movie. Yeah. That ruined um, his character and PNG. I think if David Warner had been available, they because uh, I feel like for all that he does a, causes a lot to happen, Lon himself isn't in the episode much and feels kind of like David Warner just has so much presence and like yeah. it would have been mm. a waste of him. Or like, could he have made the character that much better? Maybe. I don't know, because there's actually, there's an episode of Doctor Who, the newer one, and I was so excited that David Warner was going to be in it, and then they just 
gave him this character that had nothing to do. And, like, he was great, but he was in, like, a couple of scenes listening to a fucking Walkman. And it was just like, really, guys? You finally get David fucking Warner, and this is what you do with him? Hmm. You fucking morons? For I which? Just... Uh, it was an 11th Doctor episode, I think. I just didn't find a quorum, and I don't, maybe it's because of the actor, or maybe it's just because of the character. I just didn't find him compelling at all, or yeah, no. charismatic, that I would believe oh, that people would be so eager to follow him. Definitely no, not charismatic. That's true. I definitely that. would have bought a little more easily that people were into it if it was David Warner. Yeah, He's got more presence, like you said. But then again, I guess it's just a testament to how blindly Bajorans follow the prophets. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. And uh, I like, liked I like liked Kira when... decides sorry about that. I like Kira decides that she will go with the sculpture thing even though it'll fuck up her life. And she obviously because it's hates the it. thing to do. Yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say, Caitlin? I was just saying I, I liked that Odo seems to have learned something else today about solids, which is that he was like, but you just thought Cisco was the emissary and now you think this guy is he's like you don't think that's a little contradictory and all i could think was like welcome you've to just religion under, yeah you've just learned to understand humanoid religion like that's basically all it is hmm. you have to be able to contradict your beliefs and still act really like righteous about it even though i think you know at the end i think she never really really bought the new guy i mean Sounds like classic Catholic behavior. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, what's ridiculous too is like you know, and they don't, they don't do a lot of follow up on it in the episode. But like, every everybody that we saw anyway, every Bajoran was, if not enthusiastically behind this, they were at least going along with it. Yeah, they like, were. We didn't see anybody like. It. Yeah, the only guy that probably didn't go along with it ended up getting thrown off a balcony. Yeah. So, Vedic is a really dangerous job. <laughs> yeah, especially around that balcony. Just stay away from the balcony. Hey, more Vedics have died in this show than any other kind of Bajoran. There will be um, no Vedic murder on the promenade. <laughs> but like, so you know, everyone's going along, and it's like, all right, we're totally gonna redo our society now to do all this shit. You know, we already got the botched surgeries happening. Yeah. So we're doing it. Uh, and again, and then like, Cisco comes out of the wormhole and is like, "Hey, never mind." Never mind, it's cool. I'm the emissary. I didn't just murder oh, yeah. him. I didn't yeah. just like throw him out the we, airlock. Oh my god, I didn't We think were of that. talking about how but, sketchy it was when we but, were watching it. But yeah. never mind. It's it's you know what? I'm the guy and I'm saying no more caste system. Two, you two can take my word for it. I talked to the left. prophets. Thunderdome. That you know what? It sound that sounds like something the Bajorans would be fine with. Look, 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 I, I look, I I actually I I had them write it down. <laughs> Right here it says no caste system. Right on, right on this post-it note, which uh, I had the prophets just jot that down, so you, so it was See, that's, clear. That's why the prophets made it so that everyone would remember that his poem was originally shorter. Mm, there you go. It was the only proof that he actually went back in time. Yeah, there it is. There we go. Oh, it was for the Cisco. Move. We should be moving on. Very should. briefly before we do, the the like breakup scene was really well acted. Breakup scene with Julian and Bashi uh, with no God no uh, that was fine but uh, no when when Kira was like this guy would make a good first officer I'm gonna go be a sculptor oh my God like the take your place 
couldn't replace you line was a little old and trite. But no, it was the scene was acted well enough that I thought the acting was good, even if some of the dialogue was a bit hokey. Mm-hmm. Avery Brooks brought up a single tear in his right eye, and I was just like, oh my god. I love Avery Brooks so much. I know some people will say, mostly in Star Trek shitposting, that he can't act. And I just disagree. I think Avery Brooks fucking rocks. He's just doing his best Shatner. Speaking... But it's it's a little different. I don't... Jazz Shatner. Speaking of Avery Brooks acting... In Rules of Engagement, Cisco gives a pretty cool monologue. Before that, about 45 minutes of bullshit happens. <laughs> yes. Oh my fucking this god. This fucking episode. No, that's it. That, that. All right, well, thank you for joining us. This has been A Star to Steer Her By. <laughs> All right, I'll actually give a summary. Very quick. <sighs> Worf has been accused of murdering a bunch of civilians. Which sounds like Worf. They have a TNG trial episode in Deep Space Nine, which With really doesn't bell. work. Yeah, they brought back the bell from TOS. Um, But they also brought in this really stupid conceit where people would be, like, acting out their testimony, but they'd give it to the camera. I hated it so much. It's so out of place and stupid and distracting. Oh, I hate it. What, like, stupid cop show were they trying to emulate? I'll tell you, because I have it on my card. Thank you, I knew you would know. Wait, before you say it, was it six degrees of separation? No. Fuck. All right, so anyway, Worf, like, was leading the Defiant to protect a Cardassian medical shipment convoy, convoy, thank you, and some Klingons show up, and a fight happens, and in the middle of the fight, a civilian cruiser decloaks, and Worf kerplodes it, (laughs) but then it turns out it was actually a ship that had already crashed months ago, and this was all a scheme to... Make the Federation look bad by having their one Klingon officer kill a bunch of civilians. and Was it the same ship? I thought it was just the same manifest. The same, yeah, I think manifest or yeah, something. Yeah, they, 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 they had a bunch of dead civilians. Yeah. And instead of, and they just claimed that they all died on yeah. that ship instead of where they actually died. Yeah. What a, um, what a weird, convenient fact that they were all on this ship together a second time. Yeah. Interesting. Three weeks later? This was mostly terrible. Yes. Uh, and it's also like it's also a courtroom drama, and I can't stand most courtroom dramas because they're just so static. Yeah. Like, and that's what you like. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like that that stupid acting during the testimony thing was an Ugh. attempt to bring life into it, Maybe. but it was just distracting and bad. I yeah, also like, thought that like Jed Zia's was the best of the bunch. I didn't like any of them. They so. were all just. I, if you're if you're the best of the bunch, it's because the bunch is terrible. Also, I was I was on Facebook earlier, and um, I saw that uh, Worf had defriended Miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah, like oh, like even that line of questioning, the line of questioning that fucking uh, Chapak, the the Vulk, the not Vulcan, Klingon, Klingon, the Klingon lawyer, who you know, it's nice to see a Klingon not in the warrior class. So that's cool. Yeah. But no, what he's yelling at O'Brien, like, just hypotheticalize that you're in the situation. What would you have done? Like, you're not supposed to hypotheticalize in a fucking court. And, then, yeah, and does, doesn't someone get called on doing that later? Yeah, Cisco he, does. He's yeah. like, uh, you're being hypothetical and vague. As like, I said, Hi, you were... he was being hypothetical and specific. It's just such bullshit. It is. Knowing so that the bullshit. ship was full of uh, civilians and children, would you have blown up the ship? 
How and the Miles fuck did anyone like, make that answer? Like, that's, like, and in no. in his secret heart, Miles is like, yes. If it was Cardi's. <laughs> but that's not what he says out loud because he's smarter than that. But I mean, I think, I think he should have just said yes because, because like, yeah, be a bro, O'Brien. Like what the he, fuck, by dude? saying by saying no, he was you know condemning Worf potentially. Yeah, or at the very least, like he tries to say there is no way that I would know what I would have done because I'm yeah. not in that situation, and there's there's not a way you can put me in this situation now that I have this context. Yeah, like there's Which no way to know. Is a Perfectly reasonable objection that the supposedly logical Vulcan judge oh, should have been terrible. like. She did exactly none of her job. Also, she a fake like, Vulcan. She maybe. actually a Romulan. It's where Commander O. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where did all the fucking lawyers go? go? Why, since TNG, <laughs> is it always just your captain is your lawyer? Look back at TOS. Whenever there was a court martial or something, there were actual lawyers remember that time kirk had to hire piglet <laughs> well remember how we used to always say that there should have been a jag on yeah on mm -hmm. uh there definitely should be a jag on ds9 oh absolutely it also feels like the decision to extradite an officer over something like this a potential war crime should involve more than a single admiral yeah. It should involve a bunch of civilians, more Klingons than just the prosecute. Like what? And Here's also, like the consequence of this is like they even talk about how this would be a huge embarrassment to the Federation. I feel like sending one admiral out is kind of downplaying the importance of this. Well, like maybe this they're trying thing. to keep it quiet. Maybe if he would have lost, they would have killed that admiral and everybody else <laughs> yeah. on board Deep Space But that's the thing, is like, up. the Klingons, had they gotten their hands on Worf, would have made this the biggest, like, kangaroo court since Star Trek VI. You mm. know, it would have been the same thing. They would have had the guy mm. in the shadows with the spark ball and, you know, don't wait for the translation. Like, that's what they wanted. They wanted a Star Trek VI trial again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have another question, actually. So the whole issue is that Worf is supposedly guilty of shooting a civilian ship. Yep. Now the Klingons decloak out of nowhere and start attacking a medical convoy. Yeah. Which is worse? I would say the former. I, would well, the, I mean, the, the latter. Klingons, I mean, the, yeah. the wait. Klingons are at war with the Cardassians. Yeah. But it's a medical convoy. Yeah, that's true, but... You know, and that's the inciting inciting incident. That's but but again, this that? is like this is this is the 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 Klingons sort of playing the like you know we're Klingons. We, this is what we do. Okay, yeah. we attack medical convoys, but Sometimes you're the better fucking ration. Okay, you you have you you know be best is your slogan, and you goofed. Yeah, no, they are definitely playing them against their own um, morality. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like. If if it, if the situation had been reversed, and Worf was a Klingon officer on a Klingon ship, and it was a Federation civilian ship that appeared out of nowhere, he would be like celebrated as a hero for, you know, taking out the enemies. Yeah. Yep. Um. Uh, remind so, me what happened in Star Trek Six that the Klingons were able to just. Take Kirk and McCoy to their court. It they, was th a, they were on their ship. Okay, and also they it was arrested a them on the ship. It was also a condition of the Klingons continuing the negotiations with the Federation. Mm. They were sort of sacrificial lambs. It was like you want us to keep talking to you, 
you let us keep these two assholes. Yeah, they they arrested them on the Klingon ship. Yeah, but then they said to the to the president to President Red Foreman, they said, "You will attempt no rescue, um, or else we'll call off the yeah. conference." And, and then, then in Spock a cut- immediately attempts a rescue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because in a deleted scene, you know, Odo wanted to mount a rescue with his sweet mustache, but then that scene got deleted. Speaking of a deleted scene. I read this in a book, and then I realized I don't think I saw this in the show, because I think it's a deleted scene, but the the scene itself still made it into a synopsis I read. That, unless it was there and I just totally missed it because I was busy rolling my eyes over this fucking episode. It was a bad episode. But did they ever ever question Kira? No. No. Okay, that's that's a deleted scene then. Apparently what would have happened if they questioned Kira is they would have thrown out her testimony because she's an unreliable witness... Because she was in a terrorist cell that gets people killed all the time. Okay. Yeah, this is not the, the most legal of courts, is it? You know, I, I get me off most about this whole episode, though, is... That did the anybody ever watch, wasn't in on it? Did any, <laughs> yeah. Did anybody watch ever the old Harry Mason show? No. From, like, from like the... the 60s or 50s or whenever it was. The no. only reason on, like, I know. Yeah, the only reason I knew Perry Mason was a thing was from the line in Clue. Yeah. So, like, I used to watch it from time to time. It used to be like one of those things that you could watch early in the morning before school. Mm. Now, was um, it a courtroom show or was it an investigation? Show? Wasn't he a PI? It was a. It was a. It was a courtroom show. He was a a lawyer. Okay. Oh, I had no idea. But most of the cases. You know, it was the same type of thing where throughout the the whole trial, the case seems hopeless. Yeah. And then at the very end, the actual criminal, the person who is actually guilty, not the person that Perry, like Perry Mason was always defending somebody, the actual killer would come in and reveal themselves as the killer. What? In the, like, you know, like it, it wouldn't be because like they didn't, they never built to any particular conclusion, from what I remember, of course, you know. Yeah, no, this is, I, this is my memories of Perry Mason from you know twenty five years ago. So, so I remember actually reading like what had at the time been like a contemporary Mad Magazine parody of Perry Mason, and based on that parody, yeah, that's pretty much how the show worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah like me. that's what this reminded me of because it's like you know we go through this whole trial and everyone's presenting evidence and, and we it's have all pointless. All this yeah, and then at the very end, the, the the solution is, oh, it was a lie the whole time. Yeah, yeah here's There's some surprise line. evidence. There's a line that says something to the effect of, oh, the only person who can get Worf off the hook is Worf. And that's not, a, that's not at all true, because nope. the only person that gets Worf off the hook is Odo, Odo. Yep. doing his investigation. Yeah, <laughs> Which we don't see at all during the episode. Nope. We only see, like, he only pops up every now and again to say, mm, bad news. Mm. <laughs> Oh, and Caitlin, the reason you might think he's a P.I. is because in the new gritty reboot of young Perry Mason, he is a P.I. No, I didn't know that about that show. Oh, yeah. But I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's the guy from the Americans. I actually did for a minute during this wonder if the Admiral was involved because when Cisco got down to it at the end, the Klingon was like, yes, we have the utmost respect for the Admiral. And I was like, motherfucker. We're just so used to... Have they done it again? We're just so used to Admirals being corrupt. Yeah, this one's just useless. Yeah. Well, maybe they slipped her a couple of space bucks to look the other way or something. So you, you asked where they came up with the 
bright idea to do the talk directly to the camera motif. And it was because uh, one of the the people involved had watched a movie called Clockers. I feel like I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I know nothing about it. And then another one said, oh yeah, that makes sense. We should do it that way because there's this British film I watched called Testimony. I, I was so put off by this fucking technique because A, the editing seemed awful. Like the yeah. cuts were just so, bam, Weird. we're here now. Yeah. And it was, I thought it like very distracting. And it, it was felt like, like an we orb experience. Yeah, it mm. felt like we were underwater the whole time for some reason. Like the first time they did it, I was like, oh no, they're going to keep doing this all episode and it's going to be worse every time. Yeah, it was. it was a weird experimental thing that did not work. So I mean, it's a courtroom drama. How will you make it interesting? We've seen these a bunch of times now. Don't do it to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> there that. you go. That's a good idea. But yeah, no, that that conceit in this was just terrible. Like the only part of it I enjoyed was when Cisco went full Cisco during oh, the, in the end scene with the Klingon. With the Klingon. When he had the other lawyer on the stand, which oh, again, oh. that... See, I really, really loved and appreciated the very last scene between Cisco and Oh, Worf. yeah, that's, that's great, a too. That was a really good scene. That's yeah. a great scene, but I, I like... They're great for different reasons. The scene with the Klingon is great because he just goes crazy-eye Cisco. <laughs> which I love. That's my favorite Cisco. And then the last scene is great because it's like, I am teaching you to be a commander now, Cisco. Mm-hmm. It's like, look... You'll make a good captain one day. Yeah, you're the command track now. I'm not going to be as nice as Picard was because I've got to get you ready to command. And honestly, although I defended you, you fucked up huge. Oh, absolutely. Worf didn't know he was fucking up when he did that. Yeah, no, like that was a major cock up and he did need to be called on it. And but it was a good scene. It's like, look, I'm going to be hard on you because I have to because that was a big fuck up and you got lucky. But yeah, that's luckily... You'll have another chance, but just this, fucking... Yeah. This episode does not deserve that scene. No. <laughs> you know, though, like, you know something that didn't... I was just thinking of this. Yeah? Uh, not terribly apropos of what you were just saying, but it just Good. occurred to me, so I'm going to say it anyway. Um, it fits with the theme of the episode. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, here's, my, here's my aside to the audience. <laughs> um, now look into the camera. Stuff is exploding uh, behind you. Yep. No, um, I'm surprised... That when they were trying to come up with arguments, you know, when when the Klingon was trying to come up with arguments to condemn Worf. Mm. His son sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of his arguments seemed like garbage. This guy yeah. was not a great lawyer. No. And, I, like, I already thought of a better one. It's like, why did you, like, they even showed, he's like, arm all quantum torpedoes and fire. Why wouldn't you just, you know, aim for their engines or aim for their weapon system? Mm. And, you know, with phasers. Because we know that... A ship that just decloaks doesn't have its shields up. Yeah, true. Right? So you could have just disabled it. You could have disabled the ship. Yeah. You know, that's a much better argument, I think, to condemn Worf. Yeah. Be like, isn't it Federation policy not to annihilate ships? No, that's true. Yeah, but if it was just decloaking, maybe it would have been difficult to aim appropriately in a timely manner. Yeah, well, maybe. they could still argue that he used overwhelming Excessive force. force yeah, than he what totally was necessary. Did. Yeah, that's you fair. know quantum torpedoes mm. and full spread. It's you know, it's the it's Starfleet's only explicit warship model. Yeah, you know, like, like you don't do a full spread unless you want to 
Yeah. Kill some people. Yeah, especially with their latest kind of fucking warhead. Like, this isn't a full spread from an Oberth, which I'm pretty sure is two World War II era missiles that they reluctantly gave them. There was another thing in this episode that pissed me off so entirely. and it's All of it's, it? I mean, there's all of it. I mean, there was, there was a, something I read that the, the writers lament that, the, that they kind of lost track of what the theme of this episode was, which was supposed to be Worf. Worf was supposed to be the focus of this episode. Mm. And, yet they're, and yet they're like, but we kind of removed him from most yeah. of the episode. To which I flip like eight fucking tables and say, you did way, way worse in the episode Dax. Yes, really. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, it got it way worse. There was a point where I was thinking like, man, this is like Dax where like it's all about him, but he's not in it much. Mm-hmm. Although, yes, he is definitely still in it more than Dax was in Dax. Oh, yeah. There, Dax could have just been a cardboard cutout from Jake's Attic. Yeah. in Dax. Like... Like, <laughs> DS9 just shouldn't... I hope they're done with trial episodes. They are not good at them. They're bad. They're dumb. Yeah. Like, leave that Leave that to TNG. That's their thing. They like that kind of yeah, schmuckery. Yeah, I mean, you got... Yeah, and, like, no one is going to do... Even they to outdo well. Jean-Luc Picard at the impactful measure, measure courtroom man. speech, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's not that those episodes... I think it's the same as... It's like... Those episodes, if you actually watch them, aren't necessarily good, but they always end with Patrick Stewart getting to act his ass off, whether it's Measure of a Man or the Drumhead. Yeah. But, like, when you actually think about, like, again, it's like, where are the lawyers? This, this isn't a real courtroom. This is a TV courtroom. This is dumb. This is, oh, oh, but here's a great speech from Patrick Stewart at the end. Star Trek, you shouldn't do... St- Trials, full stop. No. I mean, we saw this in, I want to say, Wolf in the Fold, where they had those devices that could, like, read your mind or tell you what happened in the past. Yes. And why aren't we using we those things again. ever? Well, or, like, because, even as, because the, the, Kling, the Klingon guy at the beginning is like, I'm not here to argue about the facts. I know what the facts yeah, are. Yeah, I'm here to put his heart on trial. So uh, stupid. Sorry, the only so reason I uh, stupid. laugh when you brought that up, I happened to rewatch that episode today for shits. Wolf in the Fold? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So it is very fresh in my mind. Is that the one with Piglet? Yes. Well, that's yeah. one of the two. In that one, he is not Kirk's lawyer. In that no, one, he is possessed by Jack yeah, the Ripper. The Jack the Wait, Ripper, yeah. Piglet was Cogley? Wasn't he? I don't think so. Shit. I'm going to look it up in the meanwhile. Great, you do that. Keep talking about okay. other things. Uh, <laughs> amongst yourselves. Did anyone recognize our good friend Chapak? No, uh, but I did look him up. I, oh, okay. I recognized him, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah, like, he I basically said familiar. to Chris, hey, have we seen him in something before? We have, without all, the, well, without all the head ridges and shit. He was Martin from the Masterpiece Society. That's our, right, that's what you told me. Yep. Our black friend in our Aryan race. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Cogley was not Piglet. He was played by a real... Sh- no, that's his spouse. Um... <laughs> A real shit. What the fuck are you reading? <laughs> Memory Alpha. How did you mistake the man for his spouse? Because I just assumed it was going to be the actor's name, and then it was like, oh no, it's the character's wife's name. So yes, okay. no, I always do that. I always think Piglet was Cogley, and he was not. But he was Jack the Ripper. Yes. I, know. I liked I liked Chapak well enough. Yeah, I mean, he was written as well as he could be in this episode. He was, you know, you gotta figure if a Klingon's gonna be a lawyer, I could see them being like that. Yeah, I kept thinking he had, like, a New York accent or something, though. He may have. 
Yeah, I think that was just the actor's <laughs> He's from He's accent. from the Brooklyn part of Kronos. Lots of planets have a north. Something that occurred to me, though, is, you know, Worf has an ancestor who was yes. an, uh, a Klingon lawyer. It's so true. in his Dejara, he should be a lawyer. He should. Clearly. And considering how long Klingons live, like, that guy's still alive somewhere, possibly. Yeah, potentially. He's old now, but he's out there. I mean, I'm actually really surprised that Kor, Koloth, and Kang lived as long as they did. Mm. If you gotta figure, do really great Klingon warriors live to be a hundred and X years old? Well, if they win all their battles. Mm, I still feel like... You can win all your battles, but you still got to die eventually. If Kirk lets you live, <laughs> then you win all your battles. Uh. <laughs> I also rewatched Trouble with Tribbles today, so I had yeah. Star Trek on while I was working. <laughs> I'm not surprised Koloth survived, though. Mm. He was, he was a jolly bastard. old chap. Yeah, yeah, no, he was the least clingony clingin. I think I like Koloth even better than Gothos, but I do love them both. Oh, they're both great. Plus, that actor just has such pretty eyes. He does. He really does. Actually, you know, to his credit, I never really noticed before, but they had it like right now on my Netflix, the uh, picture for TOS is like DeForest Kelly's headshot as Bones. Yeah, it's nice. weird. And yeah, he's got really nice eyes. I never noticed. Oh, dog? He's a yeah. lovely man. He's baby blues. Yeah. yeah. He's a beautiful man. We're now talking about TOS actors' eyes. Uh, anything else on this episode? <laughs> Uh, it was directed by LeVar Burton. Yeah. It was? I feel like I he's directed every other episode now. Yeah, he's directed a lot I of them. I feel like that was his first not, This is not we, one of his best. Well, being fair, he didn't come up with the conceit. He just had to direct it. You don't know. Let me pretend. I did like that we had three black actors doing most of the work this episode. Thought it was kind of great. There we go. I don't know, but Odo comes in and saves the day. That's true. That's true. Mm. Nothing's whiter than a founder. <laughs> Yikes. Jeez, that's like this. right all over. Like, that's just correct. <laughs> Very fucking correct. That's my point. They're like, they're the founders are like the ultimate horrible white people. Well, no, I just mean like colonizers. In this well, yeah, I was going for also. that, too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of my point. Well, so many levels. If you, uh, if you enjoyed hearing our chitter-chatter about Star Trek and you liked hearing me take con uh, subtext and make it just into plain text, you can join us next week when we discuss two more episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We'll be covering Hard Time and Shattered Mirror. Shattered Mirror, what I think it is? I'm oh, sure it is. It is. <laughs> Also, Hard oh. Time is a classic. Oh, Mirror Universe. I was like, what's everybody so excited about? I'm blonde. No, no, I'm excited. Ames, Ames is, not is depressed. Happy. Jake, he's going to have to see the episode and decide. No, I, I know this episode this is. It's eh. Okay. But, of, the, of the Mirror episodes, it's... Next the, week. The the end, yes. Next week. Yes. So yeah, but if you uh, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can find uh, Start to Steer Her By, where all fine podcasts are sold. I mean, you found us once. I imagine you could do it again. But if you want to try a different venue, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or YouTube Music maybe by now. Who knows? I don't really know. Oh, no. Jeez. And uh, Apple Podcast. 
You can find us on Facebook by searching for a star to steer her by. We are on Tumblr and Twitter at SSHB Podcast, or you could visit our website, which is really just a Tumblr redirect uh, at SSHBpodcast.com. So as usual, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. The prosecution posits this has been Chris. Objection! This has been Abe. Got no rules of acquisition for you. But have you ever seen the wormhole open? Gross, Julian. Just fucking gross. He's talking about buttholes, right? I'm certain he's talking about buttholes. This day. What's that black cat doing? Who knows? I love he's, him he's so a, much. He's in the background being a dick right now. He's appreciating the artwork. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, at first, too, while I was watching you and him, I thought my cat was behind me because I apparently don't understand <laughs> that this how isn't a cameras mirror. work. <laughs> um, so I was like, wait, is Phantom? Am I and I'm like, wait now? a second. Yeah. <laughs> so.